Welcome to episode 83. It's our fourth standalone episode of the G2 on 5G. It's brought to you by More Insights and Strategy. And today, Anshula and I welcome Juan Montojo. He's the VP of Technical Standards with Qualcomm, and we're going to discuss 3GPP Release 18. Juan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Awesome. I'm going to start with the first question. All right. Can you talk about the major enhancements that Release 18 could bring to 5G over what we've seen in 15, 16, and 17? Uh, sure. Actually, unlike other releases, and, and certainly so uh, releases preceding and the 5G releasing preceding this one, release 18, there is a good mix of new areas and notable continuations. So actually, it, it is it is typically the case when whenever a new generation of wireless comes in, there is actually a whole uh, a bunch of new functionality and features that come with that release. And then actually we saw that in release 15, the original release of NR. And now with release 18, which is the first release of a 5G Advance, as, as we call it, uh, it brings in a very good balance of basically these more um, uh, new areas as, long, uh, uh, as well as uh, these continuations. So just to name a few, we will have um, plenty of work on AI ML, so artificial intelligence, machine learning applied to the air interface, also applied to the NGRAN, to the next generation radio access network. Also, we will have a study on full duplex. Um, it's, it's called uh, Enhanced Duplexing Operation. Um, a new project on network energy savings. This is something new and 3GPP had not done uh, uh, so far for, for, for 5G. And then some other areas uh, to, not, to name a few more, uh, low power uh, wake up. Uh, there is also, um, we are tapping on XR, we are tapping on drones um, and we are actually enabling uh, operation of NR for dedicated spectrum with allocations of less than five megahertz. Uh, there are other continuation areas uh, like, uh, of course, MIMO and coverage. Those are very, very important to uh, network operators. There are good continuations on positioning, sidelink, uh, satellites, uh, reduced capability, further reducing or actually aiming at further reducing the, uh, the capability required for NR devices. Uh, and I'm sure in the, in the sequel, we will get into more details on, on some of these. Great stuff, Anshul. I'll let you ask the next question. All right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to, to go on. I guess one of the questions I had, and since you mentioned so many of the you know, new areas, um, I was kind of curious as to what, what the expectations are around um, significant projects looking at improvements in performance specifically. Mm -hmm. I heard you mention MIMO, but yep. uh, what, what other performance improvements are, are, are expected with release 18? So it's actually a good point. What I wanted to say there is that performance is always improved. I mean, what basically changes is what axis, right? Or what dimension is the one that we are trying to improve? Is it basically power consumption? Is it coverage? Is it the spectral efficiency? Or is it even addressing new use cases, right? So this is where, where actually I believe um, this package uh, that was approved last December brings in um, actually a good set, right? I mean, some of them, as you mentioned, MIMO and coverage, basically, basically those two are important, um, but um, I think we, we cannot uh, neglect, for example, the importance of power. 
the importance of actually even uh, uh, having the uh, 5G networks uh, uh, being tailored to XR type applications. These are these are the other things that we will see, and then uh, uh, certainly other areas. I mean uh, that we may be able to see uh, exploiting or, or actually trying to come more into mainstream as as um, some uh, positioning some side link uh, applications um, as we will um, we will see them being developed in release 18. And I guess with uh, with the sidelink, I remember you mm-hmm. talking about sidelink during the uh, the webinar that that I uh, yeah. tweeted out. Uh, what what do you see sidelink like? You know, sidelink has been something that's been talked about a lot. Yeah. Do you see that getting any more traction with release eighteen? over previous you know, implementations of sidelink? It's an excellent point, and I, I, I wish I had an answer. I, I At first sight, uh, it, it seems that it could be the release uh, that may unlock the value of sidelink. The simple reason is sidelink is always, it has to be linked to, whether we like it or not, to spectrum, right? It has to operate in a particular spectrum. And then typically, the problem is, is, is well solved for, for example, for the automotive uh, use case, where you know, there is this industrial um, transportation system spectrum, the ITS, which is unlicensed spectrum, nobody pays for that, but is dedicated for these automotive use cases and, and there is ITS spectrum effectively available worldwide. But for other type of applications, there is either licensed, basically MNO owned, like mobile network operator owned spectrum or unlicensed. And then for, for the unlicensed up to now, there is no sidelink being defined for uh, 5G or 4G for that matter, right? So this is what one of the main um, aspects that uh, LTE Advanced and Release 8 in particular will bring in. Um, the uh, availability of, of actually the uh, tapping on a license spectrum for selling communication, which is, for example, something that um, not surprisingly, it's already been done by Wi-Fi and Bluetooth uh, competing technologies, right? The question is whether there will be value and appetite uh, to explore uh, these uh, NR-based, 5G NR-based uh, tech solutions. Yeah, and, you know, on, on that topic of, of utilizing things that, that, you know, may have been underutilized. I was going to ask you about satellite Mm because, you know, release 17 kind of introduces satellite uh, as as a possibility for communications and 5G. But what what enhancements does release 18 bring um, to satellite in 5G that uh, 17 doesn't have? Yes. Uh, another very important area, in other opinion, is true satellite is being one of those industries, along with automotive and some others industrial, that uh, 3GPP has been welcoming. Um, basically, they started the, 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 the studies on satellite back in the, really at the beginning of release 15 work item. Uh, it was a study item back then. There were two, two, two releases of a study. And then, as you said, release 17 sees indeed two satellite projects. There is one NTN satellite project or NTNNR. Project and then there is one project for um, NTN IoT, which actually puts EMTC and narrowband IoT over a satellite link. For both of the projects, basically they are, um, I would say, improvements. For NR satellite, uh, we we our I mean Qualcomm's biggest interest is to try to bring in mainstream uh, effectively into uh, applications that would enable operation of this satellite system in a in a plain vanilla. A smartphone uh, form factor without really the need of an external antenna. So we, we are fairly confident that we can basically support with release 17 uh, basic functionality like uh, short messaging. Um, 
we are not totally certain that we will be able to support voice. Um, and that would be really the main goal for release 18, right? Uh, bringing the necessary enhancements. And actually, I can give you a couple of, uh, of those examples uh, areas that actually would, would enable us um, to put voice support on satellite. Still, there will be certain restrictions. People will have to be outdoors, of course. Um, people will have maybe to, to, to basically have a, a clear uh, a view of the sky uh, just above. But uh, what we would like to do is, is, is maybe enable um, better in, uh, or improved uh, support of low codec rates. As you know, this voice uh, support uh, is done via codecs. Uh, actually, uh, those have been developed, I mean, with lower and lower data rates uh, and still uh, keeping a good level of uh, fidelity, but also uh, trying to solve some of the known issues on uh, talking about MIMO. Um, some polarization loss is, is something typically uh, phones or, or uh, handsets. Uh, come with, uh, uh, particularly in these uh, frequency regimes, uh, come with vertical, horizontal um, tarp, uh, polarizations while satellites have circular. So there is a polarization mismatch, which comes uh, accompanied by some loss uh, in link budget, which is actually something that we will really want to recoup. Uh, and then there are some uh, improvements on mobility. So this terrestrial to non-terrestrial, non-terrestrial to terrestrial uh, network uh, time mobility. On the IoT NTN, um, there are some performance enhancements, some things. It was actually a project that was indeed rushed uh, in release 17. It was meant to be only a study, but we, we managed because of the COVID uh, extending the release, we managed to, to, to basically um, get a work item within the same release. Uh, uh, but then uh, uh, with minimal changes. Uh, and there are some well-identified areas of improvement like hard disabling, uh, some enhancements of power consumption due to, uh, for example, GNSS locking. It takes a long time and potentially, and it could drain, uh, it could, it could drain potentially the battery of the, of the device. And then some other uh, similar to, to the NRNTN and mobility enhancements. So those are the two uh, uh, major areas. I mean, uh, uh, spec, I mean, basically link efficiency, trying to improve the, 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 the link budget as well as uh, improve mobility support. Hey Juan, I've got a couple questions for you and they really focus sure. on the operator impact. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are, there's a wealth of new functionality with release 18, we were talking about satellite. I mean, that's huge, mm -hmm. but I'm wondering, my first question for you is, does release 18 drive incremental infrastructure requirements for operators, whether that's in, you know, you know, incremental antennas or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. software. I mean, obviously 5G is inherently more virtualized and software defined than LTE mm -hmm. was, but does that drive incremental um, uh, infrastructure requirements? For the yes, I, it's another very important area and definitely an area of concern for operators, right? I mean, they really want to leverage their deployments to the maximum extent. Of course, coverage and MIMO are coverage uh, MIMO, which is basically the one bringing spectral efficiency and mobility could be probably the main axis uh, for uh, uh, KPIs of network operators, right? I want to have coverage, I want to have a good a, a user experience, and I want to have that user experiences, good data rates, and, and basically no call drops, right? So a lot of it uh, comes with effectively improving uh, um, how the network uh, gets deployed. Um, you know, with 5G, we are moving up in frequencies, which enable us to put more antennas in the same area. Uh, actually, in FR1, there is this massive MIMO technique in FR2 with analog beam forming. But of, those, of course, those, those techniques are just getting improved in every release, right? So there is a good, a good deal of actual improvements coming in this release. 
Uh, one area which are particularly important, I think, for operators and infrastructure vendors could be how to bring in the possibility to deploy at a cost-efficient way, right? So we, in release 16, we introduced uh, um, integrated access and backhaul. This is a type of, you, you can think of it uh, of a relay, uh, which enabling uh, enables a, a wireless backhaul, uh, which actually, um, if you think of it, uh, could actually deploy uh, is is the deployment uh, of actually networks. Uh, one could argue that that IAB node, which actually has been evolved and actually is going mobile in release 18, it's adding a, 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 even a, 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 an, a, an available um, uh, uh, feature uh, up to now. Uh, it's still uh, uh, costly. And in that sense, at least Qualcomm is trying to see, uh, is been trying to see what other the other ways that actually operators could tap on to enable these uh, cost-efficient deployments. So uh, areas like repeaters, I mean, we're introducing release 17 uh, for all types of a spectrum. Um, those are basically very basic RF repeaters. I mean, uh, which actually get improved in release 18 with what we call uh, smart repeaters. Uh, this is what we've been calling them um, for a while now. Um, 3GPP decided to change the name to network control repeaters. And, and basically the name says it all, right? There will be a, a, a parent a node, uh, if, uh, basically a G node B that would actually, a base station that will control to enable this selective amplification of the signal when and in the direction that it matters and is needed the most. So we, we are actually quite excited with that possibility that the repeaters will bring in. And then I think uh, other incremental enhancements could be in the area of XR. I mean, if you, if you want to ask uh, what is the killer app of 5G, um, still probably there is really no app as of today that has really come in that was not there supported already before in 4G networks, right? So, mm -hmm. but uh, I think uh, the, the wave, the big wave of XR has yet to come. And in that sense, this is gonna be the first release where we will see radio optimized um, operation of XR. And XR is AR with glasses. It could be virtual reality with uh, head-mounted displays um, and some other types of applications like online gaming, right? Uh, and then finally, the uh, uh, we talk about infrastructure enhancements. Network energy savings is the other one, right? Where both infrastructure as well as mobile network operators will try to enable the possibility to uh, make the best use of the of the real estate in that particular platform, right? It's going to be it's a very complex platform, and, and what what uh, the, the really the goal of the project is is to try to intelligently uh, turn off uh, certain components, whether it's in time, in frequency, in in dimensions, in space. Uh, if you weren't um, basically turning down um, particular antenna elements uh, just to save power, for example, um, and then to lower the energy bill, right, of, of operators. So th those are, I think, uh, uh, the, the main ones I can think of. More forward-looking, there is the full duplex business, which also would enable uh, new operations. I mean, uh, as you know, it's 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 another new project. It's a study only. Um, we will uh, we will try to see. Uh, what we learn out of it. Um, there is a component on dynamic TDD. There is a component on actually enabling this transmission and reception within the same resources, which if you think um, could facilitate uh, the use of TDD spectrum as, as we have it today, uh, more and more in 5G networks, right? Um, so with that, uh, uh, basically, uh, I think uh, that provided you a good summary of the areas. Oh, it certainly did. And you touched on XR and that's a nice segue mm -hmm. to my Second part of the question. So 
Um, I spent a lot of time with operators. That's one of the yeah. things that I'm focused on within our firm and infrastructure, obviously. But um, you mentioned XR, but I'm wondering if you were to pick two or a couple, two or three uh, of the enhancements, mm-hmm. which do you think have the potential to drive the most monetization for operators? I think this uh, easy of deployment is a key aspect. I, I still believe, especially for uh, 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 high frequencies, is going to be very important to, to, to try to see what is it that we can enable um, for operators to be able to, to have a, 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 their better, I mean, in, improved offerings without really basically draining uh, their, their, uh, their basically capital, right? Sure. Um, I think uh, that, and then operators really care about, uh, uh, I would say, coverage. Uh, coverage, I think it's another one. Within actually the coverage project, uh, there are a couple of actually important aspects. Uh, both relate to uplink. I mean, if you think about today's networks, um, uh, probably the bottlenecks are uh, coming from the uplink. This is the direct, I mean, for, for the terminals being transmitting on the reverse link, right? Uh, and uh, those, those actually relate to, for example, um, dynamically changing the waveform. So in our world design from release 15 with two uplink waveforms, one is, is the same as LTE uh, for uplink, is this DFT spread or VM, which is only for uh, one layer transmission. So this is non-MIMO transmission. And then for more than one layer transmission, this is MIMO, more than one stream, uh, um, you change to OPM. And OPM is the waveform that has been used uh, since LTE days uh, for the downlink. So uh, the, the, in, in release 15, these waveforms can only be selected semi-statically. So what, what ends up happening is that uh, to enable MIMO, you have to enable OFDM, right? And to enable OFDM, the operator typically in the infrastructure vendors will try to play very safe on actually do I have enough margin, uh, link margin to basically close the loop with, uh, with this OFDM waveform, which is actually more demanding in terms of transmit power. And in that sense, uh, we are ra- now introducing dynamic waveform selection, which I believe will certainly help uh, into this Apply MIMO, uh, um, see more Apply MIMO in actual deployments. That, that, that will be one. The other one is uh, Apply carrier aggregation. So carrier aggregation is, is basically the ability to put uh, multiple chunks of spectrum basically uh, um, in, a, in a single transmission to basically uh, uh, linearly increase the, 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 the data rates, right? So if you have one carrier, you get uh, X. If you have two carriers, you get two X, right? I mean, uh, uh, and so on. Um, typically is being very successful for the downlink, but for the uplink, because of the way that uplink transmit power uh, gets limited by specifications, we are seeing it uh, uplink carrier aggregation very limited to very, very uh, self, um, self-centered uh, type devices. Uh, so if you just happen to be very close to the tower uh, right of the base station. And there are a, a number of areas that actually we're tra- trying to tap on to enable the ability to, 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 to basically use more care aggregation on the uplink as well. We call them dynamic power aggregation. Also, uh, there are some em- em- energy efficiency improvements by playing with, um, with some spectrum shaping, uh, some maybe uh, um, uh, tone reservation to enable um, basically higher spectral efficiency uplink transmissions. So th- those are two areas that I think will, will definitely um, make a dent uh, to today's networks. Great, that, great information. I'm gonna hand it back to Anshul and he's gonna uh, wrap up with a few remaining All right. questions. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
so far, you know, this has been great. I'm, I'm enjoying these, uh, these answers. Cause you know, I don't think we got this kind of detail out of the, uh, no, it's the web, webinar, but to be fair, it's kind of hard to do that when you've got so much to cover. That's right. That's right. Um, I guess one of my, my last questions is um, if there are any like release 18 items that we should know about that haven't really been talked about in detail that mm -hmm. you think, um, you know, are, are of note that the industry might, might want to be paying attention to. I mean, it's a good question. So the package is very rich. We, we try to, to give um, fairness to, to the projects that actually are more impacting. Of course, there are some, uh, I would say, projects that are uh, more basically, okay, we, we, we do this for one additional release. There are, I would say, very few of those. I mean, I think uh, we've been very, very diligent in actually picking a good choice uh, of actually projects. One thing I wanted to say is, uh, well, 3GPP, it's um, coming in different working groups. The air interface is basically um, uh, two working groups, it run one, run two, and then the network protocols come from run three. The package improved, uh, basically entail on, only those three. There is another group, it's called round four, which is effectively the one closer to the implementation of devices and, and networks. And basically the package has to be approved in March. There will be some projects there maybe of importance. Um, I mean, uh, 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 still we will have to see in March. And, and I believe there is in the webinar, we made a very brief uh, mention to this passive IoT. That was a project that was brought in. It was brought in late into the discussion and as such basically didn't make it to the package. I'm fairly positive that uh, we will see some of it um, in, in release 18 uh, with a late approval, maybe over the summer or, or so. That actually relates to some degree um, to this uh, wake up, um, very low power wake up, like some people call it zero power, but it, it basically it's, it's, it generalizes that to the extent of even actual communication without batteries, right? I mean, and it, it would be actually a, a new paradigm for 3GPP, which is effectively this traditional base station terminal type system to one system that would be a potentially a completely new one. Um, think a bit uh, of, a, of an RFID system, right? Uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, but yes, at the same time, you would put thousands of minds uh, to think about this problem, right? I mean, uh, which might be of interest. So I think that that, that could be the only one um, worth mentioning that, that we've not done um, maybe to the, to, the, to the extent that uh, uh, the interest may actually uh, deserve. Yeah, I, I genuinely found that the idea of passive IoT as part of the 3GPP standard to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you kind of brought that one up because it, it seemed very, um, to your point, uh, out, of the, out of the general wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but I think it has potential to improve, you know, massively improve logistics um, mm -hmm. and, and all kinds of things. So I definitely appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that kind of wraps things up for us. Um, I wanted to say thank you very much for, for putting up with our questions. And My pleasure. Answering, and answering <laughs> our, um, our, our queries. Uh, we hope our viewers and listeners found this week's topics interesting. If anyone out there would like to provide us with insights on a specific 5G topic for a future podcast, please reach out to us on social media. Uh, Will is at Will Town Tech and I'm at Anshel Sog. And thanks again to Juan and Qualcomm for joining us. And uh, we hope you have a great week. All right. Thank you all.